We're going to be in Genesis chapter 33 today. And I'm excited about Genesis chapter 33 because this particular chapter sheds light. It sheds light on, on reconciliation. And reconciliation is definitely a sweet thing. Some may even consider it bittersweet. Because unfortunately, if there was reconciliation, there was a problem beforehand. And, and problems beforehand are normally caused for, for many reasons. Now, we're going to be looking again at Jacob and his brother Esau. There has been a 20-year period where they have not seen one another. And we're going to come to the point to where they meet again. But during that 20 years, if you've been following along in the last couple chapters, Jacob had finally escaped his uncle Laban after a 20-year a slave ship, if you will, that Jacob had to serve under serve under his uncle Laban due to his uncle Laban pulling some stunts. So J- Jacob was able to finally get away, but he had to make a covenant with his uncle because neither of them trusted one another. They had to make a covenant with one another that neither one would would go on either side's land. And that's an unfortunate thing. What we're seeing is, is we're seeing a division. A division in families that should not have been. And what causes that is normally many things. See, I love what the book of James says. What James said in his epistle in the New Testament. He asked the question, he says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Is it because you do not get what you want? You, You covet. You kill and you covet. That's kind of exactly what happened here between Jacob and Esau 20 years back, some chapters ago. Jacob took the birthright from his brother that his brother willingly gave up. He took the blessing that, that, his, that his father Isaac wanted to give to Esau, but it wasn't to, supposed to be given to Esau. But Jacob was able to sneak in there and fool his father who was blind. And the blessing was given to Jacob. And therefore afterwards, Jacob had to flee from his brother because his brother wanted to murder him. He took an oath that as soon as their father died, that he would kill his brother. So their mother told Jacob to go to the land of where she came from and to live with her brother who was Jacob's uncle. But again, this man was not a man of integrity. Jacob met his match because Jacob was a conniver. Esau was pretty much one or two steps ahead of him in the the realm of, of conniving and the lack of integrity. And so Jacob had to deal with 20 years of of deceit. And he had finally gotten away. So now we're getting to the point to where Jacob was to to come face to face with his brother who swore to kill him. And this is going to be an interesting chapter. Because nowadays... We, we see too often, very, very common, we see family splits. And unfortunately, every so often, we even see the murder of family members. I mean, after all, the very first incident of murder in the Bible was between a jealous brother. Between Cain and Abel, who Cain killed his brother Abel. Why? Because he coveted, he was jealous, he killed. He did exactly what James questioned. 
And I like what James says, because he asks the question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And I'd like to think that he, that he asked that question because he has developed his relationship with the Lord so strongly that he no longer understands why people do what they do. And I pray that we can get there one day. What causes us to fight and quarrel? You know, it's amazing. I've always said that if you want to see somebody's true colors, flash a bunch of money at them. Or maybe take money from them. Take something from them. Keep something from them that is of a possession. And you will see exactly what they're truly about. Well, Esau pretty much showed those colors. Not that Jacob was innocent. But Esau showed exactly that. Cain showed exactly that. But what James said stood true. What causes fights and quarrels among you? You kill and covet because you cannot have. Well, I'd like to say that what we're going to read today is is an act of God from the sense of a miracle. That even miracles come through reconciliation from people who swore to kill one another. And you see, God doesn't do miracles just because He can. God does miracles because He wants to show us who He is and what He can do. And He does it because He has a care for us. Jacob's heart was in the right place, and I love what we're going to read today. So if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 33. And we're going to start off first in verses 1 through 3. And it says, Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him were four hundred men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. And he put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. In the previous chapter, Jacob had gotten word that there was going to be 400 men coming with him. And the time had come now that Esau made his way to meet his brother Jacob. And and so, what had happened was, Jacob had gotten word when, when he sent his servants out to, to tell his brother Esau that he was there and, and he was there to meet him. And when he had heard that 400 men were coming with Esau, Jacob was very troubled. But you see, Jacob had a, Jacob had a, a visitation, a divine visitation. It put, it put him in a wrestling match that changed his life. Changed his name too, because now he's known as Israel. Governed by God, no longer Jacob, the heel-catching conniver. So everything has changed for Jacob. He got into a wrestling match with this divine visitor, the Lord. Who he really didn't know who it was that he was wrestling with. And what had happened was, is, is he touched his thigh, and it caused Jacob to now walk with a limp. But he required that he required that he would not leave, as he clung on to the Lord, and he says, "I do, not, I will not let go until you bless me." And sure enough, he was blessed, but it came with a price. Now where we're at is, is a weight from what it looks like. A weight is not just off the shoulders of Jacob, but, a, but it had a weight taken off the heart of Jacob and Esau. 
uh, we have to remember that Jacob and Esau were twin brothers. They were twin siblings, okay? And, and, and by normal standards, uh, they, have a, they have a bond, okay? Siblings have a bond. But twins are normally more at one as they're in the womb together, and, and they're inseparable in most cases growing up, in most cases. But see, there was good in what Jacob was doing. The mending of their brotherhood. Now, Jacob was handling the positioning of his family, what would look like, kind of like that of favor, by putting Rachel and their son Joseph at the very back of their group. It looks that there was a, a better source of protection for the ones who he had a deep love for. And, and between, between Rachel and Leah, it was Rachel who, who he loved. So Esau and 400 men arrive, and most people who show up with an amount of people for battle is basically what happened. Jacob bowed himself seven times to the ground, and this was a custom of the day in the region to do what uh, to do that when royalty came into the presence. It was a sign of respect and reverence. But in the previous chapter, Jacob offered gifts of livestock as the uh, initiation. And second, by doing this, he was proving that he was of no threat to Esau when he sent the livestock with his servants. What he did was he sent the livestock with his servants as a form of a gift. And Esau was the founder of the region known as Edom, which is where they're at now. And he was the founder of what was called the Edomites. And this was a very rugged desert location in the country of Jordan, which would later become a bitter enemy of the Israelites, who were of Jacob. And Esau had become a founder, a leader of these people. So in a sense, he was like a king of sorts as he led uh, these 400 men. But for whatever reason, uh, intimidation possibly, or maybe prepared for battle, it did not say. But what comes next is the neat part of this chapter. A vow made to end Jacob's life 20 years earlier will be the unexpected turn of events. An event that, that God stood true on. That he would be with Jacob as he had promised him. Let's take a look at verses 4 through 7. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they, and they wept. And he lifted his eyes and saw the woman and children and said, Who are these with you? So he said, The children whom God has gra- graciously given your servant. Then the maidservants came near, they and their children, and bowed down. And Leah also came near with her children, and they bowed down. Afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near, and they bowed down. You know, perhaps the old saying stands true, that absence makes the heart grow fonder. But you see, divine appointments from God are always more sweeter. Jacob's prayers were answered, but the blessings were added. The prayer was that Esau's anger would be no more. But see, God brought more light on this situation. He was, he was emotionally glad to see his brother once again. You know, I'm sure a lot of stories of catching up uh, to do over a period of 20 years was, was in the make here. Especially with Jacob, as scripture didn't give an account of Esau during that time. But God has done a lot in the life of Jacob. But Esau looked up to observe the, the first time his nephews... It's sad when a relative could pass you by on a, on a busy street or in a store and you had no idea that you were related. I myself have distant relatives in England and as well as in Canada that I have never met. 
uh, due to separation of grandparents on both mom and dad's side leaving those countries. Uh, it wasn't due to rivalry. But, see, much has been missed out on. Uh, I will mention verse 14 of Hebrews 12 very often because of its truth and how it relates to all people. And that is to pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. See, Jacob accomplished that. So the question is, is how will we do in that particular verse? Without the love of our Lord, without the, Lord, the love of our Lord God first, and the blessings of loved ones that he has given us, all the money and possessions in the world will amount to absolutely nothing. Perhaps Esau felt that when he seen his twin brother again in his presence, that's what it looks like. He felt that when he seen his twin brother again. But with exhorting in the word of God, what will we do with what we observe in the Bible? How will you grasp what was seen? Can you relate to this situation of family hate? Can you relate to reconciliation? You know, most people can relate to both situations. But few can relate to saying, I've been blessed by the grace and mercy of God that I have not dealt with the pain because I, have, I was observant and obedient to God and His word. See, pride within ourselves, selfish desire, is what, uh, is what led to the destruction. Obedience always leads to an abundant life. And when we live by that standard, there are so many things we can avoid. So I pray in continuance that the blessings of, of unity and the blessings of obedience and faith in the Lord will be continued in our lives and practiced in our lives. You know, even my wife, has a, she has an uncle in California who she knows that they, that they're related but he doesn't know her my my mother-in-law had uh siblings half siblings i i believe from uh from her father her biological father that she had never uh had the experience of of meeting before or having a relationship with until later on in life but what's interesting is my wife at times when she goes into a grocery store in California where we, vi where we like to visit uh, often. She has seen her uncle in the grocery store. But she, she's never gone up to him to, to kind of go up to him and introduce herself as his niece. And I believe she's seen him on one or two occasions. But she knows that if she is to see him again, then that is a sign from the Lord. That he allowed her to, to, to be put in his presence for whatever reason. And I pray, I pray that they will. Because again, to be able to know who, who the Lord has allowed you to be related to is at times a blessing that we will never, that we will never really fathom. And, and it was a blessing for me to be able to meet certain relatives. I have a great uncle who lives in Wales from my dad's side, who I got to meet when my grandmother was separated from, from her siblings during the time of World War II. 
she was able to relocate them after 50 years with the help of my dad. And I got to meet my great uncle. So somewhere in England, I have relatives that I could pass on a street that I would have no idea who I was related to. But the thing is, is the relatives that we do have with us, what are we doing with now? Nothing is more heartbreaking than to have to read the story of what happened with Jacob and Esau. Nothing is more heartbreaking than the stories I've had to hear about people that have had a similar situation. And I pray for reconciliation. But I pray more so for for continual obedience. That reconciliation would not have to be had because the problems weren't had in the first place. So may God continue in our in our obedience and in our strength and following His will and following His guidance because that is what His perfect loving will is, is to make sure that we stay the course and not have to be reconciled. But it, if it be needed, then may we be reconciled in truth. Now let's see what happens here in verses 8 to 12. And then Esau said, What do you mean by all this company which I met? And he said, These are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob said, No, please, if I have now found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand, as inasmuch as I have seen your face as though I have seen the face of God, and you were pleased with it. Please take my blessing that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. So he urged, he urged him and he took it. Then Esau said, let us take our journey. Let us go and I will go before you. This is a pleasant turn of events in, in throughout some of the chapters read so far. From deviousness, from despair, from hiding and fleeing, to now reconciliation, to redemption, to giving gifts out of love and respect. You know, gift giving in these days were done in a few reasons. Uh, bribing, of course, was, uh, was very normal for winning someone over. But what was Jacob's motive here? Okay, there was affection of expression within the gift giving, which is what it looks like here. Jacob is older, sees the ways of his past, uh, perhaps, but he felt the sting from Laban after 20 years. And maybe Jacob had seen the error of his ways. Then there was the customary gift giving through greeting someone in an important meeting. And we can see that in the wise men, uh, the magi who came to meet Christ after his birth with gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. You know, gifts that were normally given to someone in a form of their occupation. Uh, Jacob brings sheep, goats, and cattle, which is something that most people used. You know, Esau was content. And was not in want of the gifts, as, as godliness with contentment is a great gain, seen in Second Ch- uh, Timothy chapter 6. But look at the situation as I compare Jacob's experience, uh, you know, the, the life from, the, from then to the life to now. He, he went from a life of devi- deviousness and despair to a life of reconciliation and redemption. And gifts. It it didn't matter where he came from, but where he went to. And through prayer, a mighty work was done as God answered the prayer beyond Jacob's expectation. But there, see, there must be a change within our ways. The, The blessings were seen when Jacob displayed obedience and change. 
which is why he was no longer Jacob, the heel catcher, but now Israel governed by God, as I mentioned earlier. And I'm sure many wonder what they missed out on in life through God's blessings by what we've done in our actions. Well, if we have acted like uh, like Jacob did and have made it, it was through God's mercy and grace that we made it. But how will we be used when we do what is right in God's eyes? What more, what more can we see? What more can we do when we've done it right the first time in God's eyes? Yeah, you know, grace is a sweet thing. But we have to remember, grace is, a, is unmerited favor. Yeah, it was unmerited favor that was given to us because we, we did not deserve it. But as I get older, I want to make sure that I do it right the first time. I want to make sure that I'm, what I'm doing right the first time is pleasing to God. See, one of the questions people ask a lot of times is when they receive the Lord and they become a Christian and they start to walk with the Lord, a lot of people ask the question, what can I do still? What can I get away with? Can I watch this? Can I drink this? Can I smoke that? Can I still do this? But it's not too often that you hear somebody ask, how can I please God more? When unfortunately people like to ask the question, what can I, what can I continue to do from my past that I could get away with? I'd like to think that we should be asking the question more of what can I be doing to please God more so than what could I still get away with? How could I look at so, how could I do something with the freedoms that I've been given? And so there, there must be a change. There must be, there must be a change in our walk. There must be a change in our lives in order for us to see God, in order to be holy, to be, to be righteous in His eyes as much as possible. Yes, we are continual sinners and we'll always be as long as we're in this body. But you see, He wants us to try. He had to wrestle with Jacob. There had to, there had to be a wrestling match here. And we do that a little too often sometimes. We wrestle with the Lord too, too often. But it's a match that we'll never win. That's the problem. There must be a surrender. Because again, Jacob unfortunately paid a small price at the very end there. I would rather surrender the first time. And I want to make sure I'm pleasing him uh, well rather than knowing what I could get away with more often. I don't want to take advantage of the grace, of the unmerited favor that has been given. So let's take a look here at verse 13 to 20. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are weak, and the flocks and herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard one day, all the flocks will die. Please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant, and I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me, and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord and see her. And Esau said, Now let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, What need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. And Jacob journeyed to Sakoth built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore the name of the place is called Sakoth. Then Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from Padam Aram, and he pitched his tent before the city, and he bought the parcel of, of land where he had pitched his tent from the children of Hamor, Shechem's father for 100 pieces of money. And then he erected an altar there and called it El Elohe Israel. 
So why Jacob implied that he was going to Seir, but stopped at Sakath? Why it doesn't say. But Sakath was a it was a beautiful spot on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Uh, so resources and prime location could have been why. But he's going to experience sometimes that just because somewhere has. Uh, some resources, it doesn't always mean that it's a good place to be. And we can look at Sodom and Gomorrah as the perfect example. But for whatever the reason, they departed peacefully and still lived close to one another. See, when we live close to God, or better yet, live with God, the ability and the blessings of living or departing peacefully with others around us will be done. Not just easily, but it will be done naturally through His Spirit. And when we have such a close relationship with God, the ability to live with others becomes easy. A little less desire for the worldly possessions becomes okay when we live for those things at one point. See, status becomes less desired because we have recognized who the true head of all things are in our lives and in our households. And the glory and recognition goes to God, the one who is unfailing. Esau could have done what he said he was going to do, which was kill Jacob. He could have come up to him and gave him a piece of his mind. He could have belittled Jacob for his actions. But you see, none of those things transpired. It's always sweet to have reconciliation and things gone wrong, but it's even sweeter when we don't have to reconcile the differences because we're on the same page with God and together and together are unified through him and by him. Well, one of the questions many ask is, how do I do that? How do I accomplish that? The best thing you can do in anything in your life is to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, He died for the sins of all people and said that whosoever should believe in Him shall have everlasting life, is what He said. By receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've become of Him, and He will receive you as His own. See, God has done amazing things for people. When we look at the life of Jacob, God's hand was always on him. But like anyone else, like any of his children, he never allowed him to get away with anything. Jacob did wrong. He had to pay the price for certain things. But God always was with him. God always watched over him. God promised him. Now, there's one thing that I can say for sure that when it's all said and done by receiving the Lord as your Lord and Savior in truth that your eternal existence will be in perfection within love you'll be in heaven with our Lord and Savior that is the one thing I can promise through his word I cannot promise a life a life of wealth I cannot promise a life of prosperity But what I can promise is is that He will be with you. And He knows all things that you need and want. What's most important is our eternal existence. And if you want to be with our Lord, if you want to be with God, if you want to see God, there's only one way to do it, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that was through the Word of God, who says nobody comes through the Father but through me. Nobody can enter the kingdom unless they've been born again. Well, if you want to be a part of God, I want to give you the opportunity 
And the Bible says, the first, seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be added to you. What that is, I have no idea, but he blesses amongst our, uh, beyond our recognition of things. Look what he did with Jacob. He allowed him to go through some valleys, but in the end, Jacob was, was a man of blessed families, blessed wealth with many things, but it wasn't about any of that stuff. God gave that to him unexpectedly. God blessed Jacob with a legacy. And most importantly, he brought him into his existence one day when his time was up. So may we experience that existence as well by, by receiving our Lord and Savior by this prayer of faith. So if you want to receive Him, then repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me of all of my sins. Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And I ask of you, Lord, to receive me into your kingdom when my time is up. Is Lord, I receive you in my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying for my sins, Lord. And Lord, may I be with you, Lord, through your blood that you have shed for the forgiveness of my sins. As I receive you now, Lord, as my Lord and Savior, I love you and I praise you. And I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer, you ask the Father into your heart. And remember, it is not about anything in this world. It is not about the riches. It's not about the things that people get mistakenly caught up in. If he gives that to you, then that is by his blessing. If you get none of that, it was also by his blessing because he might be keeping you from something. But the key is to make sure that he is, that you are with him and when it's all said and done. And may you stay the course while you're here. So the Lord loves you. And he wants you with him. So may you walk closely with him at all times. May God bless and keep you always. <laughs>